Hi, welcome to We Excel Weekly. This is our We Excel podcast that encompasses our mission to empower and unite through passion, purpose, and story. Hi, welcome to We Excel Weekly. I am so happy that you're joining us because I have just been a big fan of you. Oh, thank <laughs> for, you so, so ages. much. That's great. I love it. And, and you know, I, I think maybe the last time we actually talked to each other, you were still in San Francisco. Yes. San Francisco, yes. correct? Wow. Wow. Time flew. It's really cool. <laughs> it's so crazy. How long have you been in New York now? It's only been two years. And one of which was under a pandemic. So I feel like I've only been able to work here during 2019. And which is amazing because, you know, the amount of work I got during that year, thank God before the pandemic. (laughs) It's insane. So you only moved there in 2019 and then you had the whole pandemic and then you, mm-hmm. you during the pandemic you had the baby right yes <laughs> baby. yes yes i got that out of the way <laughs> oh that is that actually that's quite productive of you i know right <laughs> you know, and, some good has to come out of the bad and i feel like she's one of those <laughs> oh what's her name emily Emily, wonderful, Emily. So, you know, I know you, of course, because Mm -hmm. we've been friends for a long time, but tell everyone who you are and what you do and your background. Oh, okay. So, hi, my name's Chie. I'm born in Tokyo, raised in three different countries. I'll get to that in a, you know, in a moment. And I'm an actor right now in New York. And when I'm not on set, I'm mostly a mom to a baby daughter. She was born uh, last August. And my passion is knitting and baking and everything homey. (laughs) I actually have so, you know, all actors have been hit really hard by the pandemic. And I myself too got almost jobless. And so I started selling knitting patterns, which is my side job right now. (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. You, yes, you've always been such a talent. And also, you you were also a dancer, right? You're, you were yes, a pop dancer. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> Was that an HP commercial mm-hmm. where you were playing in high yeah, school? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think you posted a picture where they're like, oh, they put some freckles yeah, on yeah. you. Like, oh, yeah, that makes you look like I you're know, in Everybody school. else was in their like early 20s, you know, you know, well about, you know, competing against 20 something. You wrote about that in your Facebook post. Yeah. First of all, they have way more energy than I do. I don't even have a child. And I'm like, oh, how are you? Well, you know, I I mean, I know I have a lot of energy, but still, (laughs) I still feel like I don't want to compete against these, these these kids. But what about you? What? So after, you know, let's talk about your experience Mm -hmm. here. What was your experience in uh, you know, working in a small market like San Francisco and then moving to New Okay, York. sure. So, well, I don't want to, you know, go too much into politics, but so that was right after the past administration. And I had a, a little bit of problem trying to renew my working work permit. And as much as I wanted to, you know, kickstart my career in San Francisco, because, you know, it, it's a smaller market, less competition. So before or I, you know, just stabbing myself in New York, I wanted to, you know, build up some sort of a career there. But there was a little bit of, you know, uh, an unfortunate months that went by without my work permit. So 
uh, most most of my work was commercial, industrial. Uh, you know, because in San Francisco, I did a lot of IT related uh, commercials, and that was great. And after I moved to New York, I started looking for agencies, and I was really fortunate to find three represent representations. One legit, and one commercial, and one another commercial. And so, right after I got representation, I was just rolling. And soon after, I got two co-star bookings, which is great because you, you know those are the ones that you 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 try to book after years and years of doing background work. <laughs> well, I did some background. Well, whenever I you know. Move to a new new place and start off as a you know fresh actor in that area. I always try to you know be on set as background because I can you know talk to people and get all these information how things are done there. So that's how I started, and within a year I had two co-star bookings and they're really really great roles. One of which um, was we were planning on shooting in Japan, but Soon after, so we we shot one scene in New York, and then we were, we were supposed to pick up in Japan the next year, which was 2020 March, and that didn't happen because of the pandemic, unfortunately. But yeah, things have been really great so far. I, I wanted to ask you before we get in too deep into like you know all the other things.、Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you、uh, what was what has been your favorite or most exciting production you've worked on、okay. so far. So far, I have to pick one that I did back in Tokyo. That was, I think, it was in 2015.、Uh, I was 29 something, <laughs> and then it was about it was about suicide bombers during World War II. It was a very heavy play, and I had to play an 18 year old girl who lost her brother in war. And it, you know, I had nothing in common. With that character, little you know, little only age gap, and like, like we talked about earlier, you know, all the other cast members were real eighteen girls, and that was that was really hard. And I don't have any siblings, so it was really hard to bridge the gap between myself and the character. But that was the most exciting work I've done so far, because of the heart, you know, the work that I had to put in to earn my character, and also. Right now, I do mostly film and television, but I really love theater because you know you basically become family with the cast and crew, and yeah, I really enjoyed that. That is that is so cool. You know, I didn't even know that you did theater still. Or, <laughs> and, and so, are you thinking that you're going to be pursuing that some more? I hope so, but、away. with a baby, I don't think so. You know, because of the <laughs> limited time I have and. All that. So, and really quickly, what was the kind of commitment you had with that play that you just talked about? It was so we rehearsed for a month, almost every single day, and then it ran for two weeks. That is intense, but you did like it. I, I loved it. Yeah. Wow. And so, what what was it like to be born in Tokyo、mm-hmm. and then transition to? The U.S. and how was it for your family as well? Of course. So, in terms of my first transition to the U.S., I don't really remember because I was only two. <laughs> But I went back to Japan when I was six, 
And in grade eight, I moved to Singapore. And after high school, I moved back to Tokyo. And then when I was 30, I moved to San Francisco and so and so. So pretty much my entire life, I've, you know, moved all around the world. And it's been hard because every transition kind of stripped away my confidence because I always had to, you know, play catch up both academically and linguistically. My, my first language is Japanese, but I always feel like I had to, you know, catch up with my English. And when I'm, you know, too immersed in the English environment, I have to catch up in Japanese, vice versa. And I think this is a very underrated issue, but when you move to another country, you have you, you sort of have to, you know, relearn everything that you've learned in your entire school years in another language and that is very hard and you know most of the times in your you know first couple of months or even years it's really hard for you to you know get good grades so i feel like it stripped away my confidence every time i you know move to a new place i first have to you know test the water and learn how things are done because you obviously don't want to stick out in the in the wrong places and you know kids like myself are called third culture kids and we often experience identity crisis because you know we are always feeling the sense of being misplaced but after about guess 30 years living like this, I feel like I'm finally comfortable living anywhere. And I feel like everywhere on the on the earth is my home. <laughs> well, you, you said you, you called it a third culture? Yes, third culture kids is a term used to describe kids who spend, you know, their predominant years at a place where where which is not their um, parents home country. So I, I wanted to ask, you have a daughter, what have you learned from, you know, bringing her up? And, uh, and uh, you know, what, sorry, what have you learned from your upbringing that you wish to carry over to your daughter, Emily? Now? Yeah, so uh, we're not really sure where she's going to grow up. Right now, we're having another visa problem and we might go back to Japan and she might grow up there. But I would really want her to be open and respectful to other cultures and values, even if she's not, you know, immersed in those environment and, you know, definitely not scared to try new things, new places, new food, be, you know, be adventurous. If you were to, you know, have to leave the U.S. for a little bit, mm -hmm. what have you thought about a sort of like a plan if you were to have to pursue your acting internationally? Yeah. So I, you know, I started off my acting career back in Japan and I was actor for about uh, 11, 12 years there. And, you know, I, I have some people who want me to teach a class in Japan. So that might be a possibility. And of course, you know, I, I would love to, you know, share what I've learned in my acting ears, but also I want to, you know, play. <laughs> I'm an actor myself. So definitely I would try to, you know, look for another representation and, you know, it just feels like you're starting from scratch all over again when you move. And because, you know, acting industry is fast moving and you, you, you need to build that momentum. And once you lose it, you just have to build it all over again. And that's one thing that I'm not really, you know, keen about but you know that's just how things done and 
it's really humbling. It's so cool. So you talked about, about, you know, acting as, as and this is what you do. Yeah. When you say that you, if you go to, you know, back to Japan, um, you, you'll teach a class. I can see you teaching a class, but just because, you know, you have all this experience, but really I, I, you're mm-hmm. an actor, right? And so when was that, when do you remember that first the yeah. first spark that you like knew I, that you wanted to be I that. remember vividly when I was 14 I was living in Singapore and I was missing Japan so much because you know like I said before I always felt misplaced and I was watching this Japanese periodic drama and I had an epiphany and I thought well if I become an actor I could basically become anybody anywhere living in any era and that felt like a dream job so I stuck with that. Yeah, I love I love sticking with your dream. And then, uh, how do you choose your character roles? Are there certain characters you've played that are synonymous with your real life, or, mm-hmm. or not? Or? So I'm not sure if this is just me, but I believe that us actors should not limit ourselves by choosing characters that we want to play or that we feel like, you know, resonate with your personality or your lifestyle, your, you know, experience and such and such, because, you know, you can't expand your range. And oftentimes when you say, you know, this actor is really good, it, it often means that they, you know, look and sound nothing like their, you know, real self, you know, when they're playing their character. And I, you know, and I think that's one of the greatest thing about being an actor is that being able to, you know, be someone else, not you. So <laughs> I audition for anything and everything. <laughs> I think that's that's so courageous. <laughs> is that's it? so cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, I, I I tell you all the time. I'm like, I love I love that that Marie Kondo clip. <laughs> of yours we're just talking about it you're like I don't even do comedy but I'm like you killed yeah, it yeah <laughs> but like you know like the the reality is that you're you know to a certain level you're, you're gonna get typecasted you know I'm Japanese and I and I play a lot of Japanese roles like Marie Kondo and you know like being being an Asian I already feel very limited because you know I can't play non-Asian roles so why not you know explore the <laughs> the maximum range within the range (laughs) honestly i think you i think you could you could play any role (laughs) just uh you you'll you know obviously this is a podcast you can't see jay but look her up man she (laughs) Chie, you are an (laughs) a-lister seriously you 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 can do it you know let's talk about this as our last Mm -hmm. our last question let's explore that so you and I are both Asian, different types of Asian, but we're Asian women and, and we, we, we are very much aware of being typecast into an Asian role. And I get it. Like, you know, when you're playing Marie Kondo, they're going to look for of someone course, yeah. who can play, you know, the, 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 the Marie Kondo. But, but when, when you're talking about serious roles here, the kind of roles that, you know, you're going to be going up for in, in, in the Oscar world, do you, do you think that it's, it's, it's changing for Asian um, Asian women, Asian American women, or do you think that we have a long way to go? So I might be a little too pessimistic when it comes to this type of question, but whenever I see an Asian character who's not necessarily, you know, needed to be Asian, I feel like, you know, a part of me feels like it's almost an affirmative action. And the more, you know, people talk about it, the more I feel 
you know, it, it's really hard to explain, but, you know, we, we want to be equals, right? And we want to be picked not because of our color or because they needed diversity or whatever other reason. But when, you know, people talk about, oh, this person, this Asian woman played a significant role in this, this drama or this is film, I, I just can't help but, you know, think about what went behind the scenes when, you know, when she was being cast. And I, 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 and I know that I shouldn't be, you know, thinking that way or feeling that way. And I think the world should, you know, become more, you know, diverse naturally that we don't really, you know, talk about it anyway. You are a classically trained actress who has the looks to boot, the talent to boot, and, and you're completely correct that it, it doesn't really have to be about, you know, the race, right? You can mm -hmm. play whatever character you can play. You know, you could play Galadriel, um, you know, in, 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 in Lord of the Rings, right? <laughs> and why wouldn't, why wouldn't we cast yeah. you as Galadriel in Lord of the Rings? It, it doesn't make sense to me either. So, you know, I think I have, I had a very long day today, but, and I, I, I spoke to many people today. And one of the things that we spoke about was to commemorate the Asian American Pacific Islander month, which is May. Mm -hmm. um, I think this, this, this episode might come in later than May, I'm pretty sure, because because next week's the last week. But, uh, you know, as we talk about Asian Americans and representation in 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 Hollywood and, you know, there's five point five point six 5.6% of, of the United States population is Asian, then only about 1.4% or 1.6% are representing in Hollywood. What I, what I realize is that we just need more. We just need to be writing more roles. And then, you know, what's what's beyond just being Asian American, but Asian American women, we need to be writing more roles mm -hmm. for, for women. And it doesn't even have to be Asian American. We just have to be writing more roles that <laughs> women can play. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, I, I hear you, lady. And I, I just want to tell you, I commend you for all the work that you're doing to for. Uh, for also sharing your insights and wisdom as a mom, as a working actor with us on our social platforms and taking the time out, you know, in your, in, you know, busy life to of be course. with us today. I appreciate you as a friend, Chie. I know you are already going places. So <laughs> I'm excited to continue being your friend and experiencing your trajectory. So thank well, you so much. Thank you so much. You're so sweet. And thank you so much for the opportunity. It was a really nice experience to, you know, reflect on myself because otherwise you don't really, you know, look back on yourself and, you know, think about all these answers to your questions. So <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. You know, I gotta, I gotta get you, uh, get you practicing for your, for you know, like I don't know when you go on Colbert or something. <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> so uh, yes, well, good luck to you, and we'll be in touch. And for everyone who is uh, listening to this, we're super appreciative tuning in and listening to these stories because they're very important for us to share them. And please uh, subscribe; it'll really help us out. And also check out our social media. It's at WeXLORG, W-E-X-L-O-R-G, across the platforms and visit us on WEXL.org. Thank you. I'm Arabella DeLuco, CEO and founder of WeXL. 
Until next time. Bye.